What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through my top 36 wide receivers heading into week five. So just like the order I'd be playing these guys this week, while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And if you guys do have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. Also, if you wanna check back later in the week, you know, maybe I've made some small tweaks on this. So, you know, maybe if you two guys close together, either you can make the call or you can kind of check back in a few days and I'll kind of let you know my updated answer. But let's just jump right into the rankings. And I feel like I have a very clear top two. And my top two is Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. I feel like both of these players are matchup proof. I think they can both ball out in bad matchups. They can give you elite high ceiling games and better matchups. So I have Saquon at number one, CMC at number two. Really the disparity here is just CMC has a really tough matchup against the 49ers. I just think this could be a really disgusting game where the Niners just dominate the Panthers. But Christian McCaffrey is a guy who doesn't need to get into the end zone. He can go out, he can rush for 10 yards and then give you eight for 80 through the air. Like that's totally in the realm of possibility. So he has a lot of outs. I feel like he has a very high floor with his pass catching ability. So both of those dudes are locked in at one and two. And then I feel like honestly, from like running back three, probably all the way down to like running back nine. I feel like all these dudes are very interchangeable and a lot of them have semi underperformed. They're like these elite stud running backs that haven't necessarily lived up to expectation. So I went with Joe Mixon here at three. The workload is really strong. He finally found the end zone last week. I'm just buying into the workload here on a top offense. The uh, Ravens defense hasn't exactly been shut down. So I think he's a solid play. Then we got Leonard Fournette here going up against the Falcons. Some people may be concerned about Rashad White kind of breaking in in their game against the Chiefs. In my opinion, that was just a weird game script, a weird game where they were down very early on. I'm not saying that Rashad White won't kind of continue to work in, but I highly doubt Rashad White is going to be getting full drives. I also think this is going to be a game where the Bucs can put up a lot of points. They're probably going to go ahead early, so they may kind of be running it out at the end. So I think Fournette is a really strong play. I have Austin Eckler here at number five, going up against the Browns. Finally got into the end zone the last few weeks. I definitely have some, you know, I guess red flags with Eckler moving forward. The lack of usage is definitely not ideal. If he can't turn that around, I don't ever see him breaking into like that top three, but he's kind of in this stacked tier with Mixon, Fournette, guys I'm going to get into, you know, in the upcoming players. So he's firmly kind of in that tier. I did talk about him as a sell high player. And the main reason was that I feel like people view him a step above the guys like Mixon, Fournette. So if you can get a Mixon or Fournette plus an upgrade at another position, I do think that's something that should be considered. After Eckler, I have Derrick Henry here at number six, has really had two nice bounce back weeks after a rough start. He goes up against the Commanders. Then I've got Dalvin Cook going up against the Bears. He has definitely been disappointing so far. The overall workload has been solid, so I do think the points are going to follow. A guy who's had a really hot start to the season, Nick Chubb, he goes up against the Chargers. I think this will be a very interesting test for Nick Chubb, because one of the reasons why I wasn't a huge fan of him and talked about him as a sell high, either after week two or after week three, is I'm not sure how he's going to do in these games where they're likely going to be trailing. Now, the Chargers definitely aren't the superpower they were coming into the season, lots of injuries, but I still think they could kind of go ahead early. And then the question is going to be, is Nick Chubb still getting a massive workload on the ground? Is he getting into the end zone? Or do we see kind of Kareem Hunt kind of take over here, get more of the uh, third down work, the receiving role? So something to watch here, but I still think he's a locked in like top 10 guy. At nine, I have Alvin Kamara. 
another one of these stud running backs who just hasn't performed yet. He's also been hit with injury. It seems like he's been a limited participant throughout the week. I think he will play. Also a decent matchup here against the Seahawks. Then at number 10, we have James Robinson. And you know, it may seem crazy to have J-Rob this high after a rough game where he actually got out-snapped by ETN, but this is all about playing the matchups here. The Houston Texans have just been consistently shredded on the ground. I think the Jaguars are likely going to go up early in this game, which is going to be a game script that favors James Robinson. I feel like they're going to use him as a bell cow on the ground, and I think he can give you a very big day. At 11, I have Aaron Jones. He faces off against the Giants. I think just a solid back-end running back one play. Another guy who just hasn't had the touchdown luck. The workload has been there. The bigger games are going to come in the future. And then wrapping up the top 12, I have Jamal Williams. He goes up against the Patriots. Interesting game here. I like both the running backs, or I guess all three of the uh, running backs in this matchup. This is obviously assuming that DeAndre Swift is going to be out. If Swift is back, then it kind of turns into this weird situation where we won't know if Swift is 100%, if it's going to be a weird committee again. I would lean towards Swift just sitting out. Jamal Williams was a really solid replacement for them. So I think he's definitely like a fringe running back one play this week if Swift is out. Then at 13, I have Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs was someone who was just not performing through three weeks, but I kept kind of reiterating the fact that the workload was there. He just hasn't had one of these spike weeks. The really good news here for Josh Jacobs is that he is getting involved as a pass catcher. Now, I'm not sure if that's something that's going to stick. You know, coming into the season, we were worried that this was going to be like a full-on committee. Jacobs is getting early down work, you know, kind of splitting the opportunity with Zamir White. They'll now have a third down back. They go out in week four. He's dominant. He takes a huge share of the snaps. He's getting third down looks. If that continues, he's going to consistently be sliding in here as a borderline or running back one. Then we've got James Conner here at 14, and I feel like Conner is like a game away from having that Jacobs breakout. The workload has been there. He's been involved in the receiving game. He just hasn't had that monster performance yet. Maybe tough here against the Eagles defense, but I think we got to continue to plug in James Robinson as a solid running back too. At 15, I have Najee Harris, and Harris is kind of on thin ice here. He's someone who was drafted as like a back-end first-round pick, early second round, and he's definitely not lived up to expectation. And he's not one of these players like Cook, Kamara, I guess you could maybe throw Fournette in there. He's not one of these guys where I still have a ton of confidence in. The reason why we were drafting Kamara was for this massive workload. The Steelers offensive line is not good. We knew that. We also knew that the touchdowns probably weren't going to be there. What we were betting on was the workload. The workload has fallen off. We've got Jalen Warren working in. The lack of receiving involvement is very concerning. We saw Warren take a lot of the third down attempts. I mean, that's really pushing Najee Harris into like mid to back end running back two territory if that sticks. It's possible he's a little bit banged up. You know, maybe he starts to regain that role, but there's definitely cause for concern here with Najee Harris. Also, probably not a great matchup here against the Buffalo Bills. One of the best matchups of the week here is the Patriots taking on the Detroit Lions. So I have Ramondre Stevenson here at 16. I might as well just throw in Damian Harris also at 20. I do like Ramondre a little bit more than uh, Damian Harris. He's getting that third down work. They're both getting solid work on the ground. I think both of them are really strong plays this week in a matchup uh, without Mac Jones, maybe without Brian Hoyer, but I don't even know if it really matters. I think the Patriots are going to lean on their run game and you can make the argument like, okay, they're predictable. The defense will be able to stop it. I don't have a ton of confidence that the uh, Detroit Lions can stop this run game. 
We just saw Rashad Penny carve through them. So I do like both of these running backs. At 17, I have Brees Hall. And honestly, this may be low for Brees Hall. I truly feel like in the back half of the season, we could be looking at Brees Hall as a borderline top 12 guy, if not someone who's already locked in there. He's been giving you solid fantasy production. And for the first like two weeks, he wasn't even leading the uh, team in snaps. I don't even know if he was leading in week three. I don't even think he was. Maybe he was. It was close. But he just continues to pull away from Michael Carter. He's clearly the more talented guy. He's been super involved as a pass catcher. He's getting the third downs. He's eating into the two-minute drills. Just really positive trends here out of Brees Hall. So someone who I don't think is going to fall out of like mid-tier running back two territory for the foreseeable future. After him, we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, at some point, we can keep screaming, regression is coming, regression is coming. I still believe regression is coming, but, you know, we do just got to ride the hot hand here. He is someone who I think his value can fall off very quickly if he loses that goal line role. But while he has it, we just have to keep throwing him in here as like a mid-tier running back too. Right behind him, I have Devin Singletary, who really has just taken over this Bills backfield. He hasn't necessarily, you know, given you insane production with that role, but the snaps are there. It's a great offense. He's going to have uh, touchdown opportunities, also being used heavily in the receiving game. So a really strong start. I already talked about Damian Harris at 20. We've got Damian Pierce here at 21. Definitely more of like a one-dimensional running back. I think there are concerns here with the matchup going up against the Jaguars. If they do go behind early, is this a spot where the Texans have to rely on Rex Burkhead? But I still think he's a solid back-end running back to play. I honestly feel like the uh, back-end running back twos to the high-end running back threes, I feel like a lot of them are interchangeable. And I do feel like it's actually a pretty strong week for running backs, especially through like the top... 27, 28, 29, even 30. Like I do feel like it's a pretty strong week for these running backs and is definitely like very concentrated on like running back, you know, 20 to 30, somewhere in that range. I feel like it's a very strong group. So after Pierce, I have Miles Sanders. I'm not going to be someone who's wildly overreacting to his big week four. You know, obviously we're going to see a few of those spike games throughout the season. I don't think he's going to see a workload that large. The touchdowns were obviously big for him. I think normally he's going to be a guy who's getting a lot of carries, not a lot of targets on a good offense. I do feel like he has actually some similarities to Damian Pierce. And you could, you know, talk about how obviously the Eagles are a much better offense. But, you know, Damian Pierce doesn't have a guy like Jalen Hurts vulturing touchdowns. He's also basically getting all the work on the goal line. He doesn't have a uh, Kenneth Gainwell swapping in, a Boston Scott. So they both are kind of being used in similar ways in their offenses. At 23, I have Jeff Wilson. This may honestly be low for Jeff Wilson in a game that I think the 49ers are going to probably lock up pretty easily, probably will be ahead using Jeff Wilson a ton. He's just getting basically all the running back touches, obviously aside from Debo Samuel, but I do think he's a very strong start this week. Just doesn't really have the receiving upside, so it does make him a little bit touchdown dependent. I have AJ Dillon here at 24. It seems low having Dillon all the way down here. I don't think it's an indictment on A.J. Dillon. I feel like it's more just pointing to these strong options that have kind of emerged here. So I do think he's a solid start going up against the Giants. Maybe we'll see him get into the end zone for the first time in a little bit. At 25, I have Khalil Herbert. Obviously, this is assuming that David Montgomery is not playing in this game. Herbert, you know, he's going to have a solid workload on the ground if Montgomery's out. Receiving work is probably going to be lacking. We're really just hoping that he does get into the end zone here if you're playing Khalil Herbert. At 26, I have J.K. Dobbins. 
Maybe a little low here for J.K. Dobbins. I definitely like him long-term. We saw him have that nice two-touchdown day. I feel like people may be overinflating that just a little bit. I do think he'll be really solid long-term. When we're looking at the snap counts, he still hasn't you know, unlocked a massive role. He's sitting at around 50% of the snaps. He hasn't exactly locked down the goal line work, but he is getting a decent amount. I still think he's going to continue to grow on this role. So I imagine week after week, he's just going to continue creeping up these rankings until he's probably locked into like a mid-tier running back two slot. Right behind him, I have Kareem Hunt, another dude who I feel like has consistently been a back-end running back two, just kind of getting pushed out by some of these other stronger options. But, you know, he could go out, score a touchdown or two, and get pushed right back in. I talked about some concerns with uh, Nick Chubb. If this is a spot where the Chargers go up early, they need like a pass-catching back, that could uh, benefit Kareem Hunt here. At 28, I have Naheem Hines, and this kind of feels like a trap play a little bit. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is not going to be playing on Thursday night, so I feel like some people may just think, all right, Naheem Hines is the number two. We throw Hines in there. He's going to be a great start. I do think he's startable. I think he's a solid flex option, You know, maybe a running back two if you're like a zero RB, hero RB team. I think there are concerns just about how these carries are going to be allocated, And also just if they're going to be able to run the ball at all, like we saw uh, Jonathan Taylor struggling, this offensive line struggling over the last few weeks. Now you're going to ask Naheem Hines and some other, you know, practice squad randos to come in and all of a sudden be super productive. I still think he's going to be involved as a pass catcher, which I think will give him a decent floor. But in terms of a rusher, I wouldn't be expecting massive things out of Naheem Hines. At 29, I have Rashad Penny. People are probably going to think this is a little low. For me, when I look back at his last game, obviously he performed very well, but I feel like we have to attribute a lot of that to just the Lions defense. Now he's going up against the Saints, and unfortunately, Penny is still the same running back who has to rely on touchdowns. He's not going to be giving you any receiving work. You've also just got some of these other running backs like loitering in the backfield. Obviously, Kenneth Walker's going to be swapping in. They consistently use a third down back. So, you know, I feel like people are going to be, you know, ready to lock him in as a start. I think he's startable, flex option, but not someone that I love this week against the Saints because I think it's very possible he goes out 14 carries, 70 yards, you know, one reception, and he doesn't get into the end zone, and then you're feeling pretty disappointed about his day. A player who's kind of tough to evaluate here is going to be Melvin Gordon at 30. If you would have told me coming into the season that Javante Williams goes down Week five, we're going to have Melvin Gordon as the number one. I would imagine that I'd have Melvin Gordon ranked as a top 12 running back. That's the kind of upside I saw for Melvin Gordon in you know the uh, outcome of a Javante Williams injury. Unfortunately, Melvin Gordon just has not produced so far. He has struggled, but I still think we have to understand here that we never saw Javante Williams really take over as the running back one. And the reason why he didn't do that was because they continued to want to feed Melvin Gordon. So even though he's been disappointing, even though he hasn't been able to hold on to the ball, I still think he's going to have the first crack at this backfield. Now, obviously the offense hasn't been clicking, so it's not as high of a ceiling spot as I was expecting. I still think he's someone who we can start, but I do think we'll definitely learn a lot about this game. And it could range from Melvin Gordon turning unstartable to Melvin Gordon being like a top 15 option moving forward. We're just going to have to wait and find out. At 31, I have Raheem Mostert. Just kind of an interesting situation here and a little bit of a gross backfield with Tua out. They do have a good matchup against the Jets. I think Mostert is a decent play just based on the volume. 
We've seen Chase Edmonds score the touchdowns, but Mostert has been dominant in terms of the snaps, especially looking at their last game. So like a mid-tier running back three. I've got Ezekiel Elliott all the way down here at 32. Until Dak comes back, this is just not like a backfield I want to be messing with. Zeke, I have Tony Pollard at 34. Zeke is someone who's going to need to rely on touchdowns to produce. The receiving work hasn't been there. The efficiency hasn't been there. And with Dak not in that lineup, the touchdowns just aren't going to be there for Ezekiel Elliott. And then same thing, just in terms of efficiency for Tony Pollard. At 33, I have Brian Robinson. Finally seeing him make his uh, debut here, very likely at least. And then bumping Antonio Gibson uh, out of the top 36. I do think Brian Robinson is going to be the number one moving forward. I'm not overly confident that he's going to get a massive number of carries here, you know, in his first game back. I think it could be a gross committee, but I feel like he's going to build on this over the next few weeks, and he will be that guy moving forward. At 35, I have Daryl Henderson, and it's tough to really rank any of these Rams running backs here, but I feel like uh, Cam Akers has kind of just played himself probably out of this rotation, at least, you know, to a spot where Henderson's going to have more of a role. Henderson hasn't been good by any stretch, but Akers just does not look like he has it. It's unfortunate. You know, it seems like that Achilles tear kind of took a lot of the uh, juice out of him. Obviously, I don't like love Henderson. I don't really want him in my lineup, but as a back end running back three, I feel like that's where he slots in. And then to wrap up the top 36, I have Tyler Algier going up against the Buccaneers. I don't love the matchup. I think this is going to be a potential committee, but maybe you're super desperate, lots of flexes. Maybe you're throwing in Tyler Algier. He is someone I liked coming into the season as like a best ball pick. So I am rooting for him, but, you know, trying to be unbiased here, not someone I'm super confident with in this matchup. But those are my top 36. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Who should be higher? Who should be lower? Let me know why. If you guys did enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. And if you are interested in seeing my other set of rankings, I'll have the wide receivers posted today also. So thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.